McGarry alongside Greg Mackling. Behind the Glass Jerry once again finding songs about days of the week that I, I didn't know these songs existed. So mm-hmm. thank you, Jerry. You're welcome. The musical education continues. And I want to start today. <laughs> Sometimes these stories come across our newswire that you just can't help but enjoy. Especially when the title of the story, at least in the, the sort of news speak the kind of shorthand that we get in our titles. It's it reads U.S. pants falling down arrest. <laughs> what? Daytona Beach, Florida. A Florida motorist trying to elude police did not get too far when he bailed out of his pickup truck. That's because his pants fell to his ankles as he was running away. <laughs> his 24-year-old guy crashed into a vehicle, a power pole, a fence, and a barber shop. Well, if you're going to do it, do it right. As he sped away from police during an attempted traffic stop Tuesday, Thankfully, no one was hurt inside the barbershop, but it caused 3000 bucks damage. And a police report says the guy was quickly captured when his pants fell down. <laughs> pants on the ground. Pants on the ground, that's right. <laughs> pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Didn't Brett Favre and the Packers do... They or, did. Or was I it, think it was the uh, Packers. Or was it the Bears? No, that who was, was the... he playing with at the end of his career? Oh, uh, New Orleans. No, uh, Minnesota... Minnesota. Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota. Not New Orleans. His worst play ever was against the New Orleans Saints when the Vikings were on their way to the NFC Championship and he threw an interception. Yeah, Minnesota. He was, yeah, anyway, Brett Favre. Uh, You mentioned pants on the ground and (laughs) pants falling down. How about taking your pants down purposefully? Oh, boy. With the job, very intent on doing a job. Now, we want to preface this by saying there are stories that are on the internet. They're even on the Global News website Yep, that we know about, and sometimes we don't talk about them. I didn't really want to talk about this one, but I think we'll be accused of being out of touch if we don't at least mention this. We are mentioning mentioning it as early as possible mm-hmm. uh, so as not to uh, offend uh, any youngsters out there. Um, uh, the whole story is disturbing, regardless of your age. So it's outrageous. It's outrageous. So we're gonna we're gonna tell this as uh, cleanly as we can. Do you want to play the clip of the news report from Global BC? How do we want to do this? Let's start with that, and then we'll go. We'll we'll see where the journey takes us from there. Video surveillance of a disturbing confrontation at a lower mainland Tim Hortons is going viral tonight. And a warning before we get through this. Some viewers will find just the thought of what this woman did disturbing. A woman is under investigation after cameras captured her getting into a heated argument with staff. She then does something I'm not prepared to describe to you on television at this time of day. You can look it up on the Internet if you need to know more. Mm -hmm. RCMP confirm. It happened at a Langley Tim Hortons. The restaurant chain says we are deeply concerned by this video. In limited cases, restaurants have a restricted access policy for restrooms to ensure the well-being of our guests. Our current understanding is that the team member used their discretion in this case and denied access to this guest based oh on past behavior. RCMP say the woman was arrested and released on a promise to appear in court. Okay, so in that... That report doesn't, there's video that is associated with that story, obviously, but they don't actually show the entire video. But the the details of what she did are not really clear in that, right? No, but we have seen the video. Yep. uh, And it's very clear that, well, 
I've done some extreme things to make a point mm-hmm. with words and actions. This woman decided to take extreme action in order to prove a point. She was apparently purportedly denied access to the washroom mm-hmm. at the Tim Hortons. And let's just say she... Um, I can't even say it. I can't even find a way to paraphrase it. Well, Greg, you referenced pants on the ground. Yes, that's exactly step, what Steps were taken. Uh, let's say she, she reached step number two. That makes sense? That makes sense. In the restaurant. Right at, basically, at the till. And uh, and then she 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 threw some stuff yeah. at the employee. Yes. When you got to go, you got to go, I guess. I I suppose. Uh, once again, we were debating whether or not to even talk about this, but it's just one of those stories that if we don't discuss it, you're going to think we're out of the loop because we know everybody's talking about this and everyone's heard about it. And if you haven't, you didn't want to hear about it, I apologize now. It's a good thing you didn't slip on loop and say something else that kind of sounds like that word. Um... 611 on 680 CJOB. Hey, today we have, not right now, and you know what? I see the phone ringing already. So already? I'm just gonna, it's ringing for something else. So yeah. I'm just going to block the rest of the lines. Why and are say, you guys talking about that? Two tickets. Well, hey, this is one of those stories. It, it's, it's a wild story. It's outrageous. If you want to read more about it, you can go to globalnews.ca, cjob.com, and uh, the full video is out there as well. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's something. Two tickets to see Steve Earle and the Dukes Club Region Event Center, September 21st. And we will give those tickets away at some point this morning. We're also going to revisit with Global News reporter Brittany Greenslade in Las Vegas. We'll speak with her at 8.07, so that'll be 6.07 Vegas time. And it might be a little bit harder for her to get up today after, of course, last night's loss. Yep, two... Losses in a row for the Jets, first time in this uh, playoffs, as Jeff Braun has been telling you this morning. But I'll say this, this is all I'll say at this point, we'll talk about the Jets throughout the morning, is after the third period, after how they played in the third period, I'm convi- convinced more than ever that the Jets can win this series in spite of the fact they are down two games to one. So I tuned in, uh, I was out yesterday and missed uh, the beginning of the game. At what point, how did they play in the first period? Well, they gave up a goal... Was it 35 seconds into the game? Oh, boy. Yeah. And then they fought back and they tied the game. Okay. And then 12 seconds later, <laughs> Las Vegas regained the lead. Oh, gosh. Yes. And I have never seen my son, Brendan, so upset. Uh, why does this always happen? <laughs> <laughs> he was beside himself that the Jets could make that because the, the similar thing happened um, in game one. Or game, no, I guess it was game two on, uh, I, my nights are all mixed up now on Tuesday night when the Jets uh, fought back to finally score their first goal to make it 2-1 and it looked like that finally they'd arrived and, you know, uh, 90 seconds later, Las Vegas scored to uh, to take a 3-1 lead. So, but based on the way the Jets played, dominated, Marc-Andre Fleury was incredible in the third period. I'm more convinced than I was at any point that the Jets can beat this Vegas Golden Knights team. They are so Fast, but the Jets seem to have found the gear that I think they need to play at uh, for at least 50 out of every 60 minutes in order to uh, have a chance to come back in this series. Yeah, it's only two games to one. Still a lot of series to go.
Manitoba government has introduced legislation to ban hunting with spotlights at night. Spotlight hunting involves the use of bright lights to help hunters see moose, deer, and other animals. Here's Brian Kotak, Managing Director of Manitoba Wildlife Federation. We've got lots of uh, examples in southern Manitoba of, uh, of agricultural producers uh, hearing gunshots in the middle of the night, uh, waking up to find some of their cattle have been shot or crops trampled by, by trucks or just uh, carcasses of, of, of big game species, uh, elk and, and deer and moose uh, in their fields that have been uh, been killed during the night and uh, partially harvested and, and the rest of the, the meat left to rot. Now, the bill would ban the practice in southern Manitoba, except for Indigenous people who are granted a permit. It also bans hunting at night in northern Manitoba, but Indigenous people with treaty rights are exempt and would not need a permit. David Chartran is president of Manitoba Métis Federation. He says he's unhappy with Minister of Sustainable Development Rochelle Squires. We support banning. We're even more stricter than they are. Uh, we support banning completely, but don't try to take away and try to hide around a corner and try to steal Indigenous rights away from us when she starts putting all these steering committees, these bodies, these entities, and that she could just appoint any Indigenous person out there and saying, well, that person now speaks on behalf of all Métis. Uh, we have, a, we have a, a very democratic government here, but she's not respecting that. She's trying to get away, and she'll begin to water down, and she'll force us into the courts. That's what's going to happen here. She's going to force us into the court to start fighting with them when we shouldn't be fighting. We should be all working together. Premier Brian Pallister promised to ban what he called an inhumane practice in a speech to party faithful last week and said last year the issue was becoming a race war with some indigenous hunters. Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle. Pretty big day for her tomorrow? I'd say so. It's been confirmed that her father will in fact miss the wedding. Okay. Statement from... The former suit star says, sadly, my father will not be attending our wedding. I have always cared for my father and hope he can be given the space he needs to focus on his health. Uh, reports are that he's uh, received some sort of heart surgery in the last couple of days. That's not exactly a what I would call a heartfelt statement about your father. I have always cared for my father. Wow. Yeah. Not a ringing endorsement. No. I wonder who's going to walk her down then. I don't know. I guess we'll have to tune in. No. <laughs> I thought you said you were going to watch it. No. 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 I watched the royal wedding when Charles and Diana got married, whatever year that was, about 40 years ago. No, no, no. But we're going to learn how to uh, serve high tea later on this morning, are we not? We are going to do that coming up at 9 o'clock with our friends from High Tea Bakery. I've been told that I'm going to be getting up Saturday morning to watch the royal wedding. You've been ordered? Yeah. <laughs> it's been bequeathed? It's been ha- no, 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 no. Bequeathed is, is something happens after you die. <laughs> you've, you've, you've been ordered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the edict has been laid and down. There we go. It's been written. <laughs> I like to ride a bike, but I find I don't ride my bike as much as I'd like because of the lack of infrastructure in our city. Yeah. I stopped riding my bike when I was a teenager. Because, because I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah, yeah, I don't like riding my bike on the street. I know we've had discussions uh, not only in our afternoon show, but on the morning show uh, with Jamie Hilland, who's a bike riding advocate. Uh, we really have tapped into him over the last 24 months or so in terms of what's required and what makes a good bike lane. We are sorely lacking in the infrastructure to provide safe places for cycling, but 
That's not stopping the city from launching a unique initiative, and it was announced yesterday. Yeah, if you work downtown, you're visiting the city, or maybe you just want to take a bike for a spin, maybe the Pedal in the Peg program is right up your alley, or perhaps your lane. Global News reporter Christian O'Mell has more on the program launched yesterday by the downtown Winnipeg Biz. Obviously, I had to choose that song. Every story we've ever done about bikes, it's Queen, it's Bicycle Race, and there's nothing wrong with that. As someone who bikes to work most days in the summer, this new program is really of no use to me. Here's how it works. 22 bikes, 5 locations. At City Hall and downtown Winnipeg Biz Office, you can grab a bike for free. It'd make a copy of your ID and pre-authorize a $300 charge on your credit card to make sure you bring the bike back, and wham, you can go for a spin. You can also rent bikes for a fee from the Alt, Delta, or Holiday Inn hotels downtown. Biz CEO Stefano Grande says this program comes after a successful pilot program last year. All the hotels uh, felt it was a service and amenity that their customers appreciated. On average, about 10 users per week, 200 users in, in total. A good indication that there is a need for tourists to jump on a bike and you know explore, come equipped with a bike lock, with a helmet, making it very easy for our visitors in our city to explore in a, in a different way. So one of the main ideas is for visitors staying downtown for a convention or Jets game or whatever. Between May and September, can grab a bike and go out for a rip. But Mayor Brian Bowman says Winnipeggers can hop aboard too. There's one message I'd love to get out is is just to encourage Winnipeggers who may not have been on a bike recently. These are free and come check them out. I got to sit on one of the bikes. They're good, but with my 6.5 frame, not exactly the proper fit. And they have bells, but I mean, I'm not going to be childish and play with them, right? Sorry. Couldn't resist. Now, not every street in the downtown has a bike lane, though a lot of them do. But the city as a whole has a long way to go to be a fully connected, bike-friendly city. It's very dangerous to go in and out, and a lot of people ride on the sidewalks, eh? Downtown, it's somewhat not friendly to cycles or bikes. Living downtown, parking is very expensive, so it's not easy to have a car, so I usually use my bicycle. But Bowman says he's working on it. There are investments that are being made even this year to downtown. I mean, one of the success stories for downtown is a Sherbrooke, but also a Sinoboyan. When I bike to City Hall, I, I go down to Sinoboyan. There are other investments that are being made uh, this year. I believe McDermott is one of them, and Gary is coming. Some of the routes you just mentioned, they're not downtown, and some think the program needs to spread away from the core. And to those people, Grande says the ultimate goal of this program is to extend it citywide. You know what? That's why we call it Pedal in the Pig, right? One of our strengths in our city is we have 18 different biz organizations, so there's nothing wrong with those biz groups saying, hey, can we have two? And so you could have two in St. Boniface, two in you know Norwood, uh, two in, in Corden, two in Osborne, right? So will you check out the new program? I mean, we have a long way to go before we reach the likes of, well, like every other city, it seems, when it comes to bikes. But hey, it's a step, or rather a pedal in the right direction. Christian O'Mell, Global News. Swift Current Saskatchewan counts as a city, right? Sure. About 25,000 people. When we were passing through there on our summer vacation two summers ago, we stayed at a travel lodge, a very nice uh, hotel or mo. Yeah, it's a hotel. It's not a motel. Nice pool, etc. And we noticed in the lobby they had bicycles for their guests. Nice. Which we thought was really a nice touch. Uh, this is a great initiative, but once again, it it. 
It's only the initiative like this is only as good as the infrastructure and the ability to use the product being offered. And we really have to step up our game on that. We're so far behind. Yeah. Small steps have been taken over the years. You see bike lanes popping up here and there. But uh, like I said, I remember the first time I tried to ride my bike, even on. So this was, uh, you know, I lived, grew up in Transcona. And I think I tried to ride my bike on Regent Avenue one time, oh. and that was the end of it for me. I said, I can't, I just can't do that. I don't want to do that. And uh, I was already at the age where I was taking the bus almost everywhere I went, and then eventually got a car. So, uh, But I miss riding a bike, man. I miss it. So perhaps I need to put it back into my life and just find a spot where I can do so in a way where I don't have to be a, a little scaredy cat. <laughs> 16,604, apparently, is the current population of Swift Current. That seems small to me. Yeah, if you go to the website, it's the city of Swift Current. So there you go, hmm. to answer your question. Hmm. Mackling McGarry in the morning. Normally on 680 CJB, when we're talking about P3s, it's private-public partnerships. But in this case, it's packing on the pounds in the playoffs. Last night was the 15th playoff game in just over a month for the Winnipeg Jets. And for many fans, that means another late night of eating and drinking. And as Global's Joe Scarpelli reports, it's catching up with a lot of us. Just about every second night. Snacks, drinks. Oh, eat like chips, popcorn, pizza. <laughs> for over a month. So you typically won't have a beer during the week? No. And, and now with the playoffs, how many are you having a week? Probably uh, a half a dozen or, or more, and I'm probably being conservative. Whether it's on the street, at the bar, or on the couch. It'd be ideal if there was some sort of a whiteout party where it involved a bit of exercise or a bit of healthy food, but I mean, what are the odds that that's going to happen, right? Yeah, why don't you Well, it could happen, says Jory Jansen, a registered dietitian with the Canadian Sports Centre Manitoba. But if swapping chips for carrot sticks isn't for you, she says there are other options. If we're ordering pizza, we'll ask for a whole wheat thin crust. We ask for half the amount of cheese and extra vegetables. Is it the most popular you think normally when you go to a party? No, but it's actually really appreciated. For fans looking to get back on track after playoffs, Jansen offers this recipe for success. How can you get back to proper sleep? Then maybe you'll be ready to make good nutrition choices, and then you'll be ready to get that exercise in. But for now, some fans will take the extra calories in exchange for spring hockey. It's worth it. It's worth it because remember the last time Jets were in the conference final, right? Joe Scarpelli, Global News. I don't know what that big bang was, but that would have been my reaction if somebody would have walked in the front door with a whole wheat crust pizza and half <laughs> yeah. the amount of cheese. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's not pizza. <laughs> so today we're having coffee talking. Do you feel snacks make watching a game or movie more enjoyable? Have you tried to get back on track from a snack attack? Now, Kelly, I know you're, you know, when you watch the games, you're watching not just as a fan, but you're watching as a commentator and someone who's taking notes and stats and storing it in that vault of yeah. a brain of yours. So when you're watching, do you enjoy it with a little bit of libation no. in the form of chicken wings or something? No, not at all. No, I uh, I just, I, I watch the game. I am fully engaged in it. Uh, I don't snack. I uh, don't drink. I, I do that for movies, or if we're getting caught up on all the TV shows we've PVR'd over the week, it's just absolutely horrible. So it's playoffs 52 weeks of the year in my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what Do you have a go-to snack for when you're getting caught up on the blacklist? Uh, yeah, chips are my great undoing. But, but which chip particularly? And is just, it... just plain salted potato chips. No the, the, dip? 
No, don't. Not really a big fan of dip. Just my slow wife down the now, shoveling into your mouth, right? My wife has made me now take a little cereal bowl, and <laughs> that's all you're allowed. Oh, oh wow! Well, you don't Rationing. get to take the whole bag to the yeah. couch. Oh yeah! You just Next gotta, thing, you just gotta stack it, Kelly. Just wow, that's serious. Stack it high. That episode must have got an overtime. All these chips are gone. <laughs> you know what you could do is you should buy Pringles. And then you can empty the entire can into the cereal bowl, yeah. right? So it's just as Chandler yeah, was like saying. Yeah. yeah, there you That's go. It, man. He I said he liked potato that. chips, not potato flakes that have been mashed and formed back into a chip. Well, Pringles are good though. I uh, didn't say I didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Chandler? You've been watching a lot of hockey lately with your mom. What uh, What do you do for the snacks? <laughs> You know, we might for for watching class. We might have some 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 light snacks, and but I find for you know watching hockey or watching watching roller derby, I don't I I don't rely too much on snacks because you know you're so focused on the intensity of the game and what's happening and all the all the little all the little uh, minutia of it and all the the little details. There's because there's so much there. But if I'm watching a movie or a TV show, then. I need snacks. Okay, I don't want to okay. hear about your snacks. I need to hear about your mom. <laughs> I need to hear about your mom's okay. snacks. So, my mom, my boyfriend, and I were watching. Let's say we're having a movie night. We're watching a movie. I will make popcorn. Now we each take our popcorn different ways. I make it with the air popper. I eat it plain and plain popcorn. And they're like, "No, you can't eat plain popcorn. That's disgusting." So, we have to melt a whole bunch of butter. And for for my boyfriend. He gets a butter bowl. He gets a bowl filled with melt, but melted butter so he can dip his popcorn in and eat it that way. What? <laughs> he dips the popcorn like potato <laughs> chips? <laughs> I've never heard of oh, that. Is that? Did, I've yeah. never heard of that myself. But you didn't hear about my mom yet. Okay. Okay, my mom, she will like she can she needs a spoon, not not a teaspoon, a big tablespoon. Yes. Then you pour the butter on top of the popcorn, you pour extra, extra, extra butter, and she uses a spoon. To eat the popcorn. And she eats the popcorn like that cereal. way. Like cereal. Why not just dip it? <laughs> that is bizarre. So you go popcorn just plain. Your boyfriend dips it and your mom shovels Drenches it. it. <laughs> that is, that's three popcorn uh, oddities. And, and, and uh, Brett, Brett's uh, writing this down because uh, he has some popcorn eating tips now. No, I'm not going to eat my popcorn that way. I'm disgusting. Not even popcorn. the bowl? Not even the dipping bowl? No, no, I just uh, shovel it into my face. Uh, that's the thing. I I never used to eat popcorn at the movies. I would al- almost out of protest because it's so expensive to get popcorn. Mm, so but I went good. to see the movie. Remember the movie Unstoppable, Jeff? The uh, train is that movie? the train one with Denzel and Chris Pine? Yeah, back in 2010. It came out in November 2010, and there was one night where I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go to the movie. And I went there, and I was hungry. And I thought, I'll treat myself. I haven't had popcorn at the movies in years. And I have not been able to go to a movie since... Without getting the popcorn. And I, yeah, I get, so I get butter on the popcorn, layered, and then I add that buttery flavored topping, which for all I know is used motor oil. (laughs) So wait, when they say, would you like butter on it, you say, yeah. Yeah. And they add butter, and then you go to the thing and put more of that on it? Yes. Oh my God. And then, but then here's what I, what I also do. I go into the theater and I eat for like 10 minutes, you know, just to get that first layer of popcorn. And then I go back out and put more of that crap on it. (laughs) 
Because there's room now to shake the popcorn oh, shake it without up. it blowing out of the bag. Uh-huh. And then once I get halfway through the bag, I open up one of those flavor shakers, the white cheddar, uh, and put that in so all, all that white cheddar is salt. And then when I leave the theater, I always feel kind of lousy. <laughs> why? I don't understand. I, don't, I have no idea why my stomach that, hurts. I suspect that oil's a carcinogenic. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Chateau's boyfriend and mom have it over you. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you are wincing over there. Wow. Uh, I, I don't get popcorn at the theater anymore. I just get uh, Twizzlers. Really? Twizzlers. Yep. Twizzlers, yeah. Well, I used to always have popcorn, but uh, there's uh, there's there's milk product on it, so I, I don't do that anymore because I don't uh, imbibe in uh, the milk anymore. So it, On the popcorn? Yeah, the, uh, the the fake buttery topping actually has modified milk ingredient in you it. Can get it. Oh, you man. can get it without that, though. No, but even when they when like they when bake they it, the, 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 the like flavoring, they have oh, to cook yeah. it in the yeah, oil, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so there's there's it's stuff a concoction. In there. It's it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah. So I I get the Twizzlers, and and now I cannot go to the theater without getting some licorice. Yeah, we had Twizzlers. Jared and I had Twizzlers at the Jets game on Saturday. It was awesome. Me at the movies. You at the movies. Popcorn Bron. every single time. Any idiosyncrasies, odd ways of uh, yeah, what, loading it up? No, no, no. I I, I put. <laughs> I, I'm too cheap to, for, to get the butter they charge for, so I put that free stuff on there. Except, and I've been doing it for years, and I get the large, and I eat the whole bit, scarf it all down in the first half hour of the movie, and I feel fine afterwards. At least I used to. And now, since I started going to the movies with my girlfriend in the last year, we share a popcorn. She doesn't like that topping, so we don't get that. So now I'm only eating half a bag of the plane, or three quarters of a bag, because I'm faster than she is, of, of the plane without the topping. And now when I go by myself and get the topping and eat the whole bag, I feel sick for two days afterwards. <laughs> and yeah. I'll never stop doing it. Well, when I, a few years ago when I was dating someone, uh, she'd say, let's share a popcorn. And I'd say, nope, you get your own. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did that last? Jackie uh, will do years. that. Can I have All a sip right. of your drink? Uh, no, I offered you to buy you an entire one. But I don't want an, uh, I don't want one. Uh, can I have a sip? And it's always in the, you know, in the sweet spot? Yeah. Where it's just at that White, right weight, and it comes out of the can, or that's like, come on. I'll you ever just, hear like a bottle? Get you, own, you ever hear a bottle of kombucha of exploding in the theater? Yeah, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> Man accused of sending explosive packages that caused chaos in Winnipeg almost three years ago is expected to learn his fate today in court. Guido Amsel maintains his innocence and has testified he was not responsible for the bombings and has pleaded not guilty to 19 criminal charges, including five counts of attempted murder. We're joined now live by Global News anchor Loren McNabb to tell us what the atmosphere in the city was like that day. And Loren, I still remember that situation unfolding and it did not feel like something that uh, I'm used to seeing in the news. I'm used to seeing it on TV. That's so right. You know, I was thinking, Brett, this morning back to that day and that kind of feeling of disbelief that I know I had and I think a lot of other Winnipeggers had because, like you say, you know, we hear bomb scares. We've seen that bomb unit go out before, but when they said an explosion actually went off on River Avenue in July 3rd, 2015... And you get down and you see those pictures that emerge from that scene, you know, shattered glass, uh, Maria Matusis being rushed uh, into an ambulance, uh, the, the scene being pushed back, police everywhere, and the words that a bomb had actually been detonated, you know, just steps from Osborne Village was incredible. And then it just kept going, right? You had that scene the next day on Washington Avenue where the police unit had to go in and use their water uh, cannon to detonate another bomb. And Guido Amsel was arrested, but there was still another bomb the following day that had gone 
to a lawyer's office allegedly sent by Guido. And then, and then even as he was charged with, you know, 19 different counts of explosive devices and attempted murder, you had weeks of people just calling in bomb scare after bomb scare because what we learned that day is that it could be very real. And I think that was one of those things that really still strikes me now that, wow, that, that did happen in our city. Now, I've never testified or been on a jury or or similar, uh, Lorraine, but when we visit with Maria Matusis and she sat in our studio across from us, and, and I believe you've seen her since this incident as well, it really hits home. It, it's difficult to ignore the injuries that she suffered. It, it, it's very emotional, even for me, for someone that didn't know her prior to this incident. It, and that has to have some sort of effect somewhere along the line on, the, on what's going to come down today in terms of a judgment. Well, she's been incredible in the years since then to be very open about what happened to her, uh, losing her right hand, the sort of emotional recovery in the days after that. You know, she was the lawyer for Guido Amsel's ex-wife. She picked up a package that day and it exploded uh, in her hands with catastrophic injuries to her. And so she's been just a really amazing person to watch and listen to in the months and years since. Uh, She did testify at that trial. There was a lot of evidence presented uh, at that trial, which uh, will be a verdict rendered by a judge only. There was no jury here, just the judge, and she will make her decision this afternoon. But she's got a lot of evidence to consider. Guido Amsel, of course, has insisted from day one that he didn't do this, that he's been framed. Um, He tried to raise that in court. He took the stand and gave what he thought was his side of the story. So there's a lot of things for her uh, to consider. But it certainly will be interesting when that verdict comes down at 2 p.m. Global News anchor Loren McNabb, thank you very much. It's time now for the Small Town Salute, brought to you by South Beach Casino and Resort, where service sets them apart. SouthBeachCasino.ca and Brett, your love affair with golf is, uh, it's historical. It is, it's (laughs) renowned. And let me tell you, one of my favorite places to golf anywhere on this planet is in Falcon Lake. Yeah, it's a beautifully groomed course. carved out of the Canadian Shield, and that's where we're going, Falcon Lake, to learn about how that town is celebrating the anniversary of this flying object, as Greg said, and we're joined live on 680 CJOB by Devin Emery, owner, operator of Falcon Beach Ranch. He's one of the people behind the Falcon Lake UFO encounter event. Mr. Emery, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. So the, uh, the Falcon Lake encounter weekend, tell us about this. Yeah, well, aside from uh, golf, which you mentioned, uh, this UFO encounter, which uh, happened in 1967, is one of the things that really has put Falcon Lake on the map. And uh, we're visited by people from all over the world uh, who are interested in this event. And so beginning last year on the 50th anniversary of it, we uh, decided that we should be hosting an annual celebratory weekend every year on the May long weekend when this event occurred. And um, this year, the Falcon Beach Ranch is partnering with the Laughing Loon Gift Shop in Falcon Lake to um, commemorate the UFO encounter by... Uh, offering guided horseback rides and interpretive tours of the encounter site itself, um, departing twice a day on Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And then we have um, 
Winnipeg's own UFO expert, Chris Rakowski, visiting us on Saturday evening to do a, a presentation on this uh, encounter. He's super knowledgeable about it and uh, recently authored, uh, co-authored a book with the son of the man who had the encounter. And so he'll be signing that book as well um, for people who, who attend that event. It's free and open to the public, and so is the uh, the following outdoor screening of uh, E.T. for UFO and uh, movie buffs. Wow, this sounds like an outstanding way to celebrate this event now, the 51st anniversary. And when the Royal Canadian Mint pays tribute to something, you know that there's something to this, right, Devin? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We were excited to see the the Mint doing that, and uh, of course, the everyone has been surprised with the, the amount of interest in this encounter. Uh, I know the the coins that the Mint offered were snapped up almost immediately, and uh, and last year our our event around this encounter weekend was uh, certainly uh, swamped with interest and uh, sold out rather quickly. So uh, we're happy to offer it again, and uh, hope we get a lot of people coming out. Well, and if you want to find it on Facebook, it's the Falcon Lake Encounter Weekend. How did you settle, by the way, on, of all the movies on Aliens, and you picked a good one, just curious to know, how did you settle on E.T.? <laughs> well, it was the first... Uh first movie i guess that uh, we're going to be screening in a, uh for this event so we thought we might as well go with uh, the timeless classic well the thing that jumped out for me is the fact you're doing this on horseback what a great way to not only uh head out to the ufo site but also just to see the incredible scenery uh in and around falcon lake uh, th- this is absolutely brilliant and this is a, a part of the history, as you mentioned, that Falcon Lake's so famous for. But, you know, Devin, Falcon Lake is famous for more than UFOs and golfing. Tell, tell us a little bit more about your part of the world. Oh, absolutely. We're a really scenic community in the White Shell Provincial Park, um, which is an easy drive from Winnipeg. Um, there's a lot of family-owned businesses in the area offering services of all kinds. And we're really a year-round destination for tourists and outdoor enthusiasts alike. Um, in the winter, you can snowmobile and ski and ice fish and do sleigh rides out here. Um, the rest of the year, there's there's camping and beautiful lakes and beaches, great fishing, uh, world-class trails, uh, horseback riding, great accommodations of all kinds. Um, so, yeah, it's really something that uh, everybody should be taking advantage of, especially those in Winnipeg, just a short drive away. Is that bakery still open? Yeah, the bakery is still there, and we've got a lot of great restaurants as well. I, I've stayed in the, the camp, or I visited the campground there, the Falcon Lake uh, Beach Campground, I believe, and I was really impressed at, at how nice the campground is and the beach as well down there is, uh, it's a really, it was actually fairly quiet, secluded, uh, and quite lovely. So anybody looking for somewhere to go this May long weekend, uh, should probably come your way. Absolutely. And, uh, and if you can't make it this weekend, uh, we do still offer these UFO tours, um, by reservation throughout the year, uh, from, from May through October. So if you can't make the May long, come out camping or staying here another weekend and, uh, you can still, we'll still take you on a, a guided tour to the UFO encounter site. Tell us a little bit more about, uh, Falcon Beach Ranch, by the way. Well, we're, uh, we're a family-owned business in our 40th year. Um, we've got uh, log cabin accommodations here and uh, 48 horses, so we offer a range of, 
of uh, horseback related activities from trail rides and pony rides to cookouts and sleigh rides of course our our ufo ride um, we do kids camps and but we uh, we welcome visitors of all kinds just to uh, stop in and have a look at the place there's farm animals to see and and lots of activities here we're open year round so um yeah uh, we're really lucky with uh, the setting that we have uh, here in the white shell provincial park we've just got beautiful areas to ride and trails through the forest here i'm just looking at pictures of, by the way of the the accommodations in the log cabins and uh wow this looks really comfortable and rustic you've uh, you've done a nice job there i, I want to visit it now <laughs> thank you and uh, yeah so there's there's uh uh, pictures and bookings are available on our web- website at uh, falconbeachranch.com so people can go there to to check it out and, and plan their next visit. Hey Devin, before we let you go, it's so odd for us to be celebrating rain on the eve of the May long weekend because uh, it's typical for it to rain on this weekend, at least one or, or two of the three-day weekend, but it is a welcome and welcome sight to see rain in the forecast. Oh, absolutely. This is probably the first time we've been uh, praying for rain, at least a little bit of it on the May long weekend. There's been a a few forest fire scares in the area that have been luckily uh, responded to quickly and put out. But uh, a little bit of rain and then uh, some sun for the rest of the weekend would be just, just perfect. All right. Well, hey, Devin, thank you very much for telling us about this event. And once again, if you want to find more information on Facebook, you can go to Falcon Lake Encounter Weekend. Devin Imry is the owner-operator of Falcon Beach Ranch. Thank you very much and have a good long weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, too. I'm fighting the urge to speak in a British accent. A, because my British accent is horrible. We need Jerry to do that. And B, it would be, I don't know, maybe somewhat disrespectful. Just two days to go before the big day. Are people already lining up, if you can believe this? Yeah. Anyway, I won't editorialize anymore, at least for the moment. Now we're learning some new information about who will be and maybe who will not be attending the royal wedding. Global Cindy Palm joins us live from Windsor. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. So as far as attendance goes, we've learned that Meghan Markle will be missing someone to at least the, who we thought would walk her down the aisle. What's going on with her dad? So we just found out now that Meghan Markle's father will not be coming to the wedding after all. He was supposed to come and walk his daughter down the aisle, but Kensington Palace released a statement on behalf of Meghan Markle today saying that, uh, unfortunately, that he cannot make it. And the statement in part says, sadly, my father will not be attending our wedding. I've always cared for my father and hope he can be given the space he needs to focus on his health. There was a report this week that he had heart surgery. Uh, Megan's half-sister, Samantha, had said that um, the lead up to the wedding has caused Thomas Markle a lot of stress. But this news is coming just days after the controversy over the pictures that the paparazzi took of Thomas that were allegedly staged. One of the pictures included a shot of him um, being suited up, apparently, for the wedding. Um, So this latest news about health and now this statement on behalf of Meghan from Kensington Palace confirming that he will, in fact, not be at the wedding after all. 
Cindy, I don't know how big a sports fan you might be, but this reminds me of the lead up to Super Bowl or the Grey Cup and maybe like distractions to for the media so that they're not focusing on the game. It, it feels as though this is something that the British tabloids would be eating up as well. This is definitely on the front page of a lot of different tabloids, papers, just online as well. Um, there has been a lot of controversy surrounding Megan's family. Her estranged siblings have been speaking out for weeks and lashing out at her. Um, her half-brother had accused her of not even inviting family to the wedding. So this is just the latest in a, in, in a, lot of, uh, in a series of controversial statements and stories about uh, Megan's side of the family. And as you say, we're just a couple days away from the big day. So do we know who's going to walk her down the aisle then? We don't at this point. Uh, we do know that her mother, Doria, will be arriving at the chapel with her. The two are very, very close, but there's no word on who will be walking her down the aisle or if she even chooses to go down the aisle by herself. Well, to use the sports vernacular, hockey uh, sort of saying would be a game time decision, <laughs> perhaps. So, Cindy, how excited are people about this? We're seeing the pictures. We're seeing the video uh, from outside Windsor Castle. People have already started gathering in order to get a good view of the festivities that will be happening, happening as a pre preemptively to the to the wedding itself. Oh, you're seeing signs on lawns that are saying that there will be a, a royal wedding party. Union Jack flags are everywhere. Every store, every pub, every restaurant you go into has a poster of Harry and Meghan. You've got a lot of you've got a lot of goods as well. You've got grocery bags. You've got flags with their face on them. Uh, we even picked up a uh, a box of uh, of those uh, precious, uh, very buttery uh, biscuits, uh, shortbread. Uh, cookies yesterday with a picture of Megan and with Harry on it. So really everything you can think of as a picture of the royal couple and this town has really just come alive. There are so many tourists here. A lot of Americans as well have come into town because of course Megan is American. And so it's, you're really, really seeing a lot of anticipation leading up to the wedding. Often you hear uh, whenever there's anything royal related in the news, you often hear people in Canada say, oh, we don't need that. We, we need to cut ties with the monarchy. Um, but as we lead up to this event, we are not really hearing anything like that. It just seems to be overwhelming enthusiasm, uh, not just in Canada, but quite, quite frankly, around the world. There is a lot of enthusiasm, and just imagine there are about 5,000 journalists who have been uh, accredited who are, who are here. A lot of us have been here throughout the entire week. Uh, this is definitely front page on every single British paper, every single British tabloid. There, are, there is a lot of talk in this town about this wedding. 5,000 journalists? That's right, and those are just the ones who have been accredited, and those are the official numbers <laughs> given out by uh, Kensington Palace. Now, of course, they won't all be inside Windsor Castle uh, when this happens, but that's, that's just to give you an idea of just the amount of media tension um, that, there, that there is. I went to the press briefing um, that took place at Buckingham Palace um, about two weeks ago, and they gave us uh, all of the numbers there, and there, it was just a packed room when they were updating us uh, on what to expect for this wedding. All right, Cindy Palm, Global News reporter in Windsor. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. I forgot. 
I knew that Jerry would have a Viva Las Vegas cover, and I just started talking. Is this Shell Crow? Sean Colvin. Yeah, I wasn't even close. Cheryl Crow is on my bad list right now, my naughty list. Oh, why? She performed the national anthem for the Predators in the second round of the playoffs against the Jets. So, Cheryl Crow, she's coming to the Winnipeg Folk Festival. So I'm prepared to change my, to move her from the from the naughty list to the good list. But right now she's in my bad books. Wow. Yeah. Harsh, right? I know. Yeah, that is a little harsh. <laughs> it's just the way it is, man. It's the way I roll. Coming up, we are going to give away two tickets to see Steve Earle and the Dukes Club Region Event Center September 21st. Wait for your cue to call on that. But first, there are some Winnipeggers, many Winnipeggers, many Manitobans, many Canadians with long faces this morning after the Jets lost last night to the Golden Knights. Mm, but what is the atmosphere like in Vegas following Game 3? I imagine it's pretty quiet. This morning, Brittany Greenslade, Global News reporter, joining us live from the entertainment capital of the world. What was it like following the game last night, Brittany? There was a lot of people uh, booing the Jets fans as they were leaving the arena and walking down the street. Um, for the most part, the Golden Knights fans have been uh, really good to Jets fans here, but we have seen a few encounters that were questionable. Um, and, you know, I think Winnipeggers took sorrow in each other <laughs> because as, as you walked away, you just saw them clumping together and uh, really heading heading to the bar, <laughs> to be honest, is what, is what we saw. Yeah, well. as everybody was leaving just in droves but uh, you have 17 and a half thousand people all leaving the arena and uh, walking straight out towards the strip there and and as you you walked by they a lot of them at, at New York New York there um, right as you walk out because there's a lot of patio space there and uh, you definitely saw all of the Winnipeggers kind of clump together and band together to uh, try to forget you know what happens in Las Vegas hopefully. <laughs> We'll stays stay. in Las Vegas, I like and I think that a lot of people uh, would like to have that game stay here and hopefully uh, turn around for Friday. Well, if they play in the in Game Four the way they did in the third period last night, I think things will come out much differently. We may be looking at a two-two series. Uh, Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet tweeted out last night that he witnessed uh, some Americans booing the Canadian mm-hmm. national anthem. And uh, some other fans saying, hey, hey, chill out, show some respect. So that was cool, but maybe not as cool as the national anthem singer himself pausing so that Jets fans in the building could give the True North shout out. That was really cool to, to see and to hear. Um, he also stopped, obviously, in the Star Spangled Banner so that the Vegas fans could yell out, Night. Um, that's their thing. But you could hear that True North. I don't know how well that played out on, on TV, but it was very loud in that arena last night. There was definitely a big section of, of Winnipeg fans there. And uh, it was almost harder to spot in the crowd because um, not everybody sticks out as much as we see um, like we did in Nashville with the yellow because of that gray jersey and uh, with just the mix of, you know, the costumes last night that you see from people because, hey, it's Vegas and Vegas puts on a show. And uh, we saw that in the pre- pregame as well, definitely. Um, but you you could see the, the Winnipeg Jets fans there and you could definitely hear them. You could hear some Go Jets, Go Chants going as well. And uh, yeah, like Sean saw, there was those moments, like I said, we 
we saw some fans that were not so great, but to counter that, we did see fans step in whenever that happened. And we saw that in the outside in the pre-party as well. There were some, some fans that were kind of being jerks, to be honest, and um, other fans that told them, you know, stop that. That's not okay. So, you know, Vegas Vegas did stick up for, for Canada in some points. <laughs> so, we've got to quiz you on a couple of things, Vegas. I know we're going to talk to you again a bit later this morning, so we'll quiz you more. But uh, have you been to a place yet called the Earl of Sandwich in uh, the Miracle Mile in Planet Hollywood? No, I do you like Do you like sandwiches? I do enjoy a good sandwich. Okay, then I would suggest that because it's a quick, uh, cheap meal, tastiest sandwiches I've ever had. I think it's on the, uh, if you're coming from New York, New York, it would so you'd go in one end of the mile, and then I think it's closer to the the back end, just as you're getting ready to exit the the hotel. Uh, but yeah, I think I have the clubhouse, very good. So that's my suggestion for this morning, Brittany. Well, you're both going to make fun of me because I had Brussels sprouts for dinner last night. Good for you. <laughs> you know what? To go to a place like Vegas where you're surrounded by indulgence and temptation, and to have Brussels sprouts, I I salute you. You're letting me they down. They were delicious. Brittany. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Greg. Did you wash it down say, with uh, some Fat Tuesday daiquiri at least? I have not had one of those. Uh, I see them very, very clearly on the streets as people walk by. Um, you see everything in Vegas. I was coming back into my hotel last night and people walking around with, you know, anything that you can have in a pool. But we're talking, you know, midnight, 1 a.m. of people walking around here with, you know, blow up crocodiles uh, walking down the streets of, of Las Vegas. And I was, it was confusing, um, but I think that's what Vegas has really been for me. <laughs> there's just, you know, you look at some things that happen and you don't know whether or not to be just kind of disturbed or impressed. No, you just go, yeah, it's in, it's Vegas. So that's just the way it is. Britt, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Go get a little bit of a nap. I want to know if those Brussels sprouts were on a stick, at least, uh, in our next report. And the Earl of Sandwich, you reminded me of David Voorhees at River Heights School in Brandon, who did his grade eight speech on the Earl of Sandwich. Wow. Back in 1982. I still remember half of his speech. It was so good, the legend of the Earl of Sandwich. So, David, if you're listening somehow, some way, uh, some 30-plus years later, your speech still has an impression and left an impression on me, my friend. Your memory is uh, startlingly good. Brittany Greenslade, thank you very much. We'll speak again a bit later on. Thursday morning. Nice. (laughs) Like, is it Wednesday? No, it's Thursday. Heading into a long weekend. It's going to be yucky, you know, in terms of our traditional thoughts of weather, but we need this rain. So let's celebrate the precipitation that's in the forecast for the next couple of days. And then sunshine will prevail through most of the long weekend, if not all of it, starting on Saturday. I'm Greg. He's Brett. And uh, McGarry, the other day... I think we're, were we sitting in here when I showed you my Facebook feed? I think it was in the newsroom, actually. That was a Monday so, morning? Yeah, so it was before 6 a.m., Yeah, before we even came on the air. And I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, and I saw this post that had been reposted or shared from someone. It might even have been a screen grab saying, this is not cool. And I showed it to you, and I said, I think this might become a big story today. Yeah. And sure enough, it did. Um, Todd Wilson who uh, was the president of the Winnipeg Rifles, uh, got caught up 
I don't know if it was the emotion of the game or what have you. Uh, no excuses for the post that he presented on Facebook uh, with uh, dramatic racial under and overtones. And a Bell MTS Place employee is speaking out now, days after the offensive Facebook post featured a photo of him. That post led to the sudden resignation of the aforementioned longtime junior football executive. Global News reporter Austin Siragusa has more. It was here at Bell MTS Place over the weekend where Winnipeg Rifles President Todd Wilson made that racially offensive Facebook post. And today, the young man at the center of it all is calling it disrespectful and insensitive. Emmanuel Okogwu was sitting at home after working the Jets game on Saturday night when he got a call from his manager. My manager told me to search up Todd and I saw it on uh, this website. I was very uh, I was very devastated when I also saw it. Wilson's post says two nights ago he was in game seven. Tonight, PK Subban is selling me beer. Both Subban and Okogwu are black. Wilson later removed the post and was forced to resign from the rifles, but the damage had already been done. He definitely did disrespect me, who uh, I was just casually doing my job and uh, trying to sell alcohol. Wilson issued a statement apologizing for the post. Okokwu hasn't seen the statement, but is happy to see that action is being taken. I'm not sure if he personally wanted to resign or they maybe forced him to resign, but I am glad to see some positive outcome have um, arrived because of uh, what happened. The two haven't spoken to each other, but Okokwu does have a message for Wilson. Be more sensitive towards um, people who are clearly working hard and um, we're not out there for you to ridicule and make racial comparison. Although he resigned from his role with the Winnipeg Rifles earlier this week, Wilson was still the deputy commissioner of the Canadian Junior Football League, but yesterday he stepped down from that role as well. I think, I can't speak for everybody. I know I've, I've posted dumb things on social media in the sense that I, I made a joke that uh, offended somebody or put something up that was inappropriate or whatever, but uh, to consciously put up something that is this overtly racist in 2018, it's just hard. It's hard to imagine, especially for someone in a, in a job, uh, an executive position like that in a sports league which deals with young, diverse men. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's- I, you know. I like to give people the benefit of some doubt and allow them to apologize, uh, but there's no taking this back. Yeah. You know, we've had the conversation about uh, using different words in different situations in the heat of the moment. Thinking of the Toronto Blue Jays picture, pitcher who used a derogatory word for a for a, a homosexual man in the, in a dust up, and you know that's not part of my vernacular. But yeah, yeah, it is. You use the word. You know, and then so to try and justify this is not part of my thought process, doesn't represent who I am. No, I hate to tell you, but it represents a part of you, might be a small part of who you are. But you made the correlation, you made the post comparing this young man to P.K. Subban. Uh, Not one, not one Facebook post that I saw suggested that uh, the young guy selling popcorn with blonde hair and blue eyes uh, was Cody Cece. Of the Nashville Predators, who is one, you know, or somebody else um, selling popcorn because, uh, well, you know, now they're done in the playoffs, so you got to do something. Uh, Obviously, very racial, direct correlation by uh, comparing uh, Emmanuel to PK Subban. And uh, this has ended, I think, exactly the way it needed to. Hey, behind a glass, Jerry, by the way, who won the Steve Earl and 
and the Duke's tickets? <laughs> That's a good question. We ambushed Jerry. He didn't have the, the winner handy. I wish it's, I had my video camera on to, to, to show you the reaction of, of Jerry as though we had sprung just this massive question upon him. No, not at all. I know exactly who it was. It was Terry Sinclair. Terry that, Sinclair. Right off the top of my head. And what did didn't Terry... have to look at anything. <laughs> <laughs> and what did Terry say to you? Well, you know what? First of all, the question was what? Greg. Was uh, which establishment in Las Vegas did Brett suggest Brittany Greenslade uh, wander over to and indulge in their uh, delicious sandwich fare? Yep. And what was the answer, Jerry? The Earl of Sandwich. And what did Terry say? She's been to that sandwich shop and it's amazing. It is amazing. I love it. We, I think we had a couple of suggestions that it's not all that cheap. I will say it's been five years since I've been there, but when I went there, it... I didn't find it unreasonably priced at all. I mean, you, when you want to say, it's a kind of place where you go, you have a sandwich and a beer and you get out because there, it's a constant lineup. Mm. So the, the turnover is quick. It's not a place where you go sit down and, and, you know, partake in five, six beers or whatever, unless you want to go back and get more sandwiches, I guess. But it looks like they actually have more than one in Las Vegas now because the one that I went to was in the Miracle Mile in Planet Hollywood. But there's another one, I think, in Caesar's Palace now in the Forum Food Court Ooh. at Caesar's Palace. Maybe it was always there. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I definitely have been to the one. The last time I was in Vegas, I ate Earl. I went to the Earl Sandwich three times. I have a problem. I have to uh, let people know that if they're heading to Cincinnati, put the red squirrel on their list of places to grab a sandwich. The red squirrel. It's in an indescript strip mall near the post office uh, west of downtown Cincinnati. Nice. And uh, the postal workers and the police officers all eat there. Oh, So you know it's darn good. excited about this segment because hey a lot of us have come down with with a fever i'm gonna get jerry to say this can you say with a fever a royal wedding fever in a particular voice i think you know what i'm getting at there i have a fever a royal (laughs) wedding fever oh can you do it again for her guest she just put her headphones on i have a fever a royal wedding fever Outstanding! (laughs) Prince Harry will marry Meghan Markle on Saturday morning. As I said earlier, I've been told I'm watching this Mm -hmm. on uh, Saturday morning, so I'm glad that our guest is here to help us out. Uh, because there's going to be a lot of people getting up early to have their own royal wedding viewing parties. Kim Lawson, our executive producer, who is yes. our resident monarchy expert, yes, she's getting up at 4 a.m. for the pregame. Yeah, well, hey, hey, welcome to getting up at 4 a.m., Kim Lawson. <laughs> uh, we got an email from David early this morning. Uh, hey, guys, will there be a whiteout street party for the royal wedding Saturday morning? I'll bring two more chairs and extra tea and crumpets for the two of you. <laughs> we'll uh, put the jet street parties to shame. Thank you, David. No, there's no street parties uh, or watch parties on the big screen, but our guest this morning is saying there are lots of people planning viewing parties. Oh, yeah. No royal-themed event is complete without a proper high tea. So to tell us about how to put together your own high tea at home, we are joined in studio by Belinda Bijo, who is owner of the High Tea Bakery, which is where, by the way, Belinda? It's on 2103 Portage Avenue. 
is down that in St. James. Is that on the north or uh, south side? North side, just near down Woodlawn, from Sergeant Sunday yeah, in the park. Yeah, near Deer Lodge uh, Center there. Exactly, right next to Deer Lodge. Mm-hmm. If you need some sushi, you can get some sushi next yeah. door. It's a nice little strip of, of stuff. You could actually have a, 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 a cuisine, a, an adventure of cuisine, uh, starting at Overdale and Portage. and well, you Work even, your way down. Exactly. Uh, what What's in this? Tray of, I may uh, have brought a little something for oh you guys. Oh my gosh. So part of high tea is always you got to have scones. So I've got some scones in there for you. I've got our imperial cookies. Is that how you pronounce it? Scones? Oh, don't get into that. Like everybody is is at war over that. Scone, scone. They're both right. Oh, I kind of want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you been arguing with? No, I'm not arguing yeah. with you. Do you have a oh, bet no. with someone? Oh, no, no, nothing. It's just, I'm just I, if I'm saying it wrong, I just want to know if I'm oh, saying yeah, it wrong. Yeah. I don't think you can say it wrong. It, they're both correct. Okay. Like my mother's Australian, so we grew up saying scone. Okay. But scone is also acceptable. So, so if someone comes into the, your shop and yeah, says, Yeah, we're not going to like, I'd, I'd like um, some scones, me. please. It's a scone. <laughs> not going to scold yeah. them for scapes. Sorry, out. Scone. You may not order now. <laughs> no scone for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I completely derailed what you were saying. Um, yeah, you were asking about the tray. Yeah, yeah. Do we call those dainties? Dainties, I would say. Yeah, we've got some petty fours in there, some cookies, um, threw in a couple shortbreads. Oh, you mentioned shortbread I earlier. Did. Well, here, let me just. Uh, 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 was it Brittany Greenside that mentioned? Who mentioned shortbread? Okay, I can't. I was a guest from Windsor. Okay, so the so one. The shortbreads, yeah, I brought in a classic short, which, which is just plain. Then we've got a mm. lemon poppy seed and a cranberry orange as well. And then there's scones, and we've got lemon petty fours and the imperial cookies, which we've got our little crowns on. These are cute. And then we also add in decorated cookies because, of course, we like pretty things. Okay, now I have to ask you something before we kind of before you kind of set this all up for us and and what a what doing high tea should look like. Belinda, I was always under the impression that an imperial cookie had jam involved. It does. That one's not the imperial cookie, so you've grabbed the wrong one. Dang, which one is it? <laughs> it's a little one. <laughs> Thank you. Which would be why it doesn't have jam. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, traditionally, jam. Uh, the imperial cookie is an almond shortbread oh, sandwiched with the raspberry jam, and then it's got the almond icing over top. And ours is sort of like the gourmet version. We do a very thin shortbread with the jam in the center. Other ones, the the old-fashioned ones you used to get out at the beach were quite a thick cookie. Mm-hmm. And then we've sort of changed it up a little bit in ours. Oh, the is, beach. Are you talking about Victoria Beach? Yeah, the original. Um, people go back and say the the original one was the dream cookie. I don't think it necessarily is. Like the the imperial cookie is sort of developed over the years. It's a combination of the. You know, the Empire cookie from Britain, there's yes. the Linzer cookie from Germany. It's it's an amalgamation. But Eaton's used to do an amazing um, uh, Imperial cookie as really? well. Really? I never the tried bakery. the Eaton's Yeah, one. they had an amazing bakery in the basement at Polo Park. Oh. They used to have the Petty Fours there too back in the day. Now, what's a Petty Four? So a Petty Four, well, technically a Petty Four is any small bite-sized little treat. But the Petty Fours that we make are, um, it's a vanilla chiffon sandwich with either a raspberry or a lemon filling, and then it gets a poured fondant over top and, and, and decoration. So it's just a little bite-sized cake that stays nice and moist inside. These ones that I brought today are lemon, and then you can decorate them up so that you get a little bit more of a decorative element to your event. Well, this is my first time trying the uh, the famous imperial cookies that you make, and the, 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 believe the hype. Yeah. Believe the hype. I do need to ask a question on behalf of our uh, technical producer, Jerry Richardson, who is vegan. 
Can he uh, partake in any of this stuff? No, because I use butter like it's going out of style. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, not hashtag. Sorry, not sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I, okay. uh, yeah, we we get our butter straight from Notre Dame Creamery. We love those guys, and we get it in big blocks and use oh a my. lot of it. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's very good, and uh, I guess more for us. We haven't even asked you about the tea yet, so oh, we right. should probably do that. Love tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, Belinda. Yes. What's the best way? What's the proper way to make a pot of tea and to put on a high tea? You got to have the loose leaf tea, for sure. Red I mean, Rose is no good, or sorry? what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, come I, on, have, I have tea bags at home, but if yeah. you're going to go for a proper tea, like if I'm, you know, going to the Georges Sank in Paris, or I'm going to the Ritz, or whatever. Empress. There better be loose leaf tea on my table, or I'm going to be pretty upset. Why okay. is it called high tea? High tea? Well, it's actually, what we know of as high tea here in North America is not high tea. It's afternoon tea. We call it high tea because it's just sort of taken on this global term of high tea. High tea traditionally was um, actually a a working class afternoon lunch. It was a sit down. It had meat. It had vegetables. It was more like an afternoon brunch for the working class because they didn't get to eat dinner till about eight o'clock at night. So they would sit down. They would have this sort of midday meal but it's not what we think of. What we think of as high tea is actually called afternoon tea. And that's with the smaller finger sandwiches, the more social dainties, that kind of thing. So when you go to somewhere like um, the George Sank, for example, they have under the title of afternoon teas, high tea. Okay. It's funny. So they advertise it both ways because it's become high tea has just kind of become this global term. For this sort of tea, but in England it is afternoon tea. So that's what we hear about like at four o'clock is kind of tea time? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, and and I think now because it's become so global, sure. it, there's not really... There's not even a time anymore? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, people have high tea for lunch, right? And you go to a high tea and you can go at noon, you can go at four. It doesn't really matter anymore. But yeah, traditionally, the the afternoon tea was earlier in the day, actually. High tea was a little bit, it would have been around four o'clock and it would have had meat and vegetables and you'd sit down and forks and knives, whereas afternoon tea was closer to two-ish and that's where you have your little finger sandwiches and your fine tea and fine china and it was a more society type event. So you need the loose leaf tea. What else do you need? Yeah, if, if you're going to do... so. Pretending there's just the one and it is high tea, I think there's four main elements. You want to have your loose leaf tea, you want to have scones, you want to have finger sandwiches, and you want to have some pastries of some kind. So within each of those, I think that's where you can be a little more flexible. But I think anyone who likes high tea, there's an element of tradition to it, like the monarchy, right? People like that for the tradition. Same with high tea. Even though now you've got like Michelin starred chefs doing, you know, Japanese high tea and it's sushi and this and it's black tea and whatever. There's a million varieties out there now and they're all legitimate. But I think anyone who wants to go to a high tea, there's those four elements they're expecting and they, they want to experience that. So yeah, we don't make sandwiches at our bakery, but we do make the fresh baked scones. So you want to have scones, and then there's still there, there's always the the debate over Devonshire cream versus clotted cream. And oh my, does it go on first? Does it go on second? When does the jam <laughs> get added? Right? Like there are militant camps, and again, they will fight to the death over what's the correct way. 
I figure as long as you've got a scone, you're doing good. Right? Good, you good, got your good. scone, you got your tea. It's delicious, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And then um, you want to have your finger sandwiches. So, I mean, traditionally, there's the chicken salad, there's the salmon, there's the cucumber. Everybody always hears about the cucumber sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you can do a lot. I've, I've been to ones where there's little small quiches or, you know, other elements in there. But there's sort of the sandwich element. And then there's the pastry element. So that might be petty force of cookies. It might be fruit tarts. Could be any of those. But you want to have those three items in there along with your loose leaf tea. Love it. Belinda Bijo, High Tea Bakery. The address one more time. 2103 Portage Avenue. You really need to go and get some of this stuff if you are having a royal wedding viewing party. I think I'm going to be visiting later this afternoon to get a tray because I want to eat this whole thing, but I, we have to share it with our colleagues. No, that's going on Kijiji. We're going to resell <laughs> that stuff is what we're going Auction to do. The <laughs> hey, Belinda, thank you very much for visiting us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. What is this? Uh, that's uh, Viva Las Vegas in Spanish. Awesome. How many versions of this do you have in the pu- in the can? Many. <laughs> many. He refuses to put a number on it. We can I put have a, a plethora. Plethora. What is a plethora? What is a plethora? <laughs> Uh, Great scene from Three Amigos. Yeah, fantastic scene. It may be the best scene from that movie. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, guapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. Uh, One of the best slash worst scenes from last night's hockey game. I'm looking at the at the gif of Mark Andre Fleury making two sensational saves off of Mark Shifley late in the game. One, he's moving to his right, makes a pad save. The rebound goes right to Shifley, who immediately throws it back on net, and Fleury manages to somehow stop himself, regain his position, and move to his left across the net and keep the puck out of the goal that would have made it 3-3, but the Jets just could not make it back to Tide. So uh, we find ourselves uh, 2-1, Vegas Golden Knights leading the Winnipeg Jets in the Western Conference Final. Still sounds kind of bizarre to be saying that. Western Conference Final? Yes! Yes! Normally the only time we talk about Western Conference Final is in association with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and that's been few and far between as well. So, uh, Well, yeah, we're not used to them making the playoffs, never mind making it to the third round of the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, it's cool. And even though they're down 2-1, they're still in the Western Conference Final. There's still at least two games to go. We're going to get another home game. So there's still a lot to look forward to here. I believe you. Many wouldn't. Yeah. I be- but I believe you. Is You're- Brittany Greenslade hanging around? Is she there? Yes. Good morning. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing really well. It's raining here in Winnipeg. It is not raining here in Las Vegas. What- what's the temperature? <laughs> what's the temperature? Uh, right now, let me double check right now, but we hit uh, 34, I believe, yesterday. Look at her. She's already moving there. We we hit. She's already one of them. <laughs> <laughs> are you defecting, Brit? <laughs> No, I don't think I could keep up with Vegas if I lived here. Yeah, um, come on. I, I don't I know. I told you guys, walking down the streets here, uh, you see absolutely everything. Um, 
two guys dressed up as like full on transformers yesterday that nice. were like compacted themselves down to a car and then kind of popped back up. The suits transformed. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yes. Uh, good for uh, them. So they were interesting and, uh, it's yeah, it's it's supposed to be hit uh, 31 today. Oh. But talking to some people here, they said this is kind of the last two weeks that you would want to be in Vegas for the summer because then it gets really hot. Have you seen the the Bam guy I told you about the 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 cotton candy Bam guy? I have not found him yet. Okay, all right. I he... found Spider Man yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was you know protecting the city. That's course, good. Friendly neighborhood yeah, Spider Man. Friendly, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Brittany, are you into roller coasters at all? I am. So are you gonna are you gonna try the roller coaster at New York, New York? Yeah, I think I can see it from my window. I overlook the arena and part of the roller coaster. So I think uh, I'm gonna try later today to sneak away and try to get that in. Um, people were telling me there's a couple other. Um, amusement style things I should do. I'm not big on heights. Oh, so you're not going on to the top of the stratosphere to do that one? Yeah, no, that that's a big pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what other things are there to do in Vegas? Because we've heard that the city has, for as much gambling and, and, and sin as, as you can get into as an adult, it's become a, a more of a family-friendly place as well, has it not? Oh, absolutely. As you walk down the street, too, there's so many guys that are, you know, trying to get you to sign up um, for different events that you can do. There's the the neon yard as well that's just a little bit outside of here. Um, there's obviously, if you can make it out, there's the Grand Canyon that you can go to. But there's so many different events in Vegas that it's hard to walk by without somebody trying to flag you down to buy tickets to something. Um, there's, I think, four Cirque du Soleil shows going on here right now. There's Backstreet Boys. Um, there are some some family-friendly events. I'm seeing a lot of hockey fans here, obviously, right now. Um, those are harder to find on non-game days <laughs> because with it being 33 degrees out, you're not seeing a lot of jerseys when there's no hockey on. Yeah, good but, point. <laughs> no just T-shirts but, or bomber T-shirts? No, not a lot yet, no. Um, saw a couple inside the casinos at night. Um but you do tend to just kind of gravitate towards Winnipeggers. It's kind of crazy. I told you guys when I was here, I hadn't been here for half an hour when I found two Jets fans and another woman that came down and saw the jersey of one of the gentlemen that I was with and just ran towards screaming, go Jets, go. So so they they find each other. That's one thing that seems to be uniquely Manitoban to me, wherever you go. Um you gravitate towards other Winnipeggers. Now, you've interviewed a number of people so far. Uh, what sort of uh, stories have you learned from these folks who have gone down to watch some hockey? Yes, I think one of the coolest uh, stories of two guys um, that you're going to see a little bit more on tonight on Global, that um, they're from Alberta, and they were uh, grew up playing hockey together in Shoal Lake. They went over to Manitoba and played there for a little bit as well. Both ended up moving to Las Vegas last year, not knowing either was moving here. One is in the military and is stationed just outside Joshua Tree. The other, uh, he came down here for a work um, contract. They reconnected and they actually um, went to the game together last night. And that was, you know, the first hockey game they've gotten to see together in a while. And then um, the one gentleman, Dan, his his brother and sister and his mom are all flying in to come down for game four and he has season tickets to the golden knights but he's a jets fan 
Oh, and so cool. he's, feel, he's feeling super conflicted, but he is cheering for the Jets. He has his Jets jersey on, and um, he said his phone was just ringing off the hook. As soon as the Jets clinched that game in Nashville, he said he, he, you know, he's never had that many phone calls from people that he hasn't spoken to in years <laughs> who saw that he was now living in Las Vegas and wondering if, you know, he needed an extra uh, buddy to come to the game and if there was room at Hotel Dan for them. Uh-huh. And uh, I think we, we heard the same from Gary Lawless as well, right? As, sure. uh, as soon as that clinched, people going, <laughs> hey, I, you live in Vegas, don't you? Mm-hmm. The, hey, the coach is full and have I have tickets. <laughs> I, the coach is booked and I have no tickets was uh, yeah. the immediate uh, tweet from, from Gary Lawless. So uh, before we let you go here, Brett, just this whole idea of how uh, the Jets played their only regular season game in Vegas on the, the long weekend when we celebrate or when we observe Remembrance Day. So lots of people had that bonus day. And then now tomorrow night, of the, the eve of May long weekend, I can only imagine there's going to be a massive influx of Winnipeggers tomorrow. Yes, we already know that there are a couple flights heading down today that are full. Um, I spoke to a couple people yesterday who were having trouble finding flights um, because they were all sold out. We know WestJet added extra flights because those flights were already booked for people coming um, to Vegas for the long weekend. Uh, and people really capitalizing on that, taking advantage of the fact that now they can get a Friday game in in Las Vegas for the long weekend and have a couple days to recuperate uh, or not recuperate and, and pull, a, pull a Greg Mackling and do, you know, three days and one night in Las Vegas. You got it, Brittany. <laughs> so we will see, but I am expecting that we are going to see many, many more Winnipeggers here tomorrow. And we already saw many here yesterday. So uh, tomorrow night's game, a lot of people definitely wanting a different outcome um, and hoping that the Jets can, can pull off a, a little bit of an upset here in Vegas because they sure like to stick it to us yesterday as fans were leaving. So, All right, Brittany Greenslade joining us live once again from Las Vegas. Have fun today. It's 945 on 680 CJOB. As I finish the last cookie that I took from the high tea bakery, yes. uh, we'll look at your forecast. We saw a little bit of rain today already, hopefully more as the we get into this evening. 7.45 in Las Vegas, by the way. So, Brittany, thank you so much for uh, being with us so early. Uh, such a long day when you're doing these things on the West Coast. So, uh, hats off. We'll uh, catch up with Brittany again tomorrow. You can see her fine work on Global News at 6 tonight. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Thanks to Behind the Glass, Jerry and Channel Vidal. And thank you for listening to CJOB. Na, 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 na.